This podcast is sponsored by Agroplante. Imagination, innovation, science in action. As a disclaimer, views expressed in interviews are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent those of my ag life, JCS Marketing, and its employees. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry, West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. Today we're talking with Cameron Zuber, UCCE Orchard Crops Farm Advisor in Madeira and Merced Counties, about identifying and mitigating replant challenges in almond orchards and really preparing new orchards for issues they may face. Welcome to the show, Cameron. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here again. Cameron, removing and replanting an almond orchard can, can really be a difficult decision for a grower. It's not an easy one. So besides a tree's you know old age and having to just be replaced generally from old age, what, what are some of the potential problems or patterns a grower might look for in their orchards that could also determine the decision to replant? Probably the most important ones would be how much are you making off of it and then how much you're spending on it. So make and profit is highly dependent on yield, which is somewhat dependent on tree age, but really comes down to the overall orchard's health in that matter. So age is a nice rule of thumb to start thinking about these things, but you need to look a little bit more deeper on what is actually happening at your orchard. Like, is it a plateau on the yield year to year? Is it a slight decrease? And then if it's a slight decrease, what are the potential reasons for that, right? I know plenty of growers who had very old orchards that were still producing well, but the main issue they were having was they didn't shake well because they were getting too big, even though the yield was still there. But most of the time, there's some level of decline. So the question then becomes, what is the cause of that? And can that be remediated now with minimal inputs that make it still profitable, right? So if you're dealing with common replant diseases, let, let's take nematodes, it may, while there might be solutions to manage for that pest now, uh, the cost of it may not necessarily make the most sense, especially dependent on yield, right? Lacing these costs money and time for it to get up to being profitable and helpful. So along with that goes into the input costs, which can be variable year to year, but depending on what crop you're growing, tree nuts or fruits and which ones and where you are, those input costs can also be a term- determining factor, even though your yields might still be the same or increasing. Um, so those you may not have a lot of control over, but it is a part of the math that at least some growers think about. Definitely. And so it, it sounds like you know, sometimes there's a, lo- a solution to these that could mitigate the need for a replant. Other times it's, you know, m- virtually out of a grower's control. But I understand, you know, using, using some publicly available satellite imagery can kind of help determine if it's, you know, how widespread the problem is. Is, is this something that can be mitigated or is it too far gone? You know, how, how can a grower use this type of public imaging to their advantage here? Of course, um, you're probably speaking of satellite images, 
And I should say, even though, even if I mention a product or brand, if don't take it as a recommendation, I'm just using it as an example. But one that I tend to use is from Google Earth. It's a little bit more advantageous than like Google Maps and their satellite images, because with Google Earth, typically you can go back and forth through time. So you can see how your canopy is developing, but also get a spatial understanding of, at least with canopy growth, if they took the image when there were leaves out, how vigorous it might be. And it shouldn't be a replacement to boots on the ground. You know, best fertilizer is a grower's shadow. It's just another area and a point of information to help inform growers on what can be a very difficult decision, as you alluded to. So it's a very nice spatial representation, and it helps potentially dial down on how prevalent an issue is, but could also provide some insights into what issues there may be. <laughs> and I want to get into some of those issues just a little bit here, Cameron. I understand uh, cooperative extension and the research within it kind of categorizes these replant issues into four areas. I'm just curious what the main foes are. Well, I wouldn't say cooperative extension categorizes it. I do. Um, it just helps to break it out. And and really, two of those categories are nested within another one. I just tend to pull them out. So the ones I typically use uh, when I'm speaking to growers is uh, physical and chemical factors, or sometimes called abiotic. And these are typically ones attributed to like non-biological reasons or organisms. So they can be things like salinity buildup. Um, an existing high or low pH that the grower may or may not already be aware of, um, hard pans that may not have been addressed, uh, variable soils, uh, de degrading soil properties that make infiltration an issue and other stuff like that. So again, I'm not talking about like, you know, nematodes and critters. It's more like abiotic and chemical factors. The second category, aggressive pathogens, which feeds into the other two is biological organisms. So they could be ones that typically in a replant example, these are ones that will continue to persist, right? Um, so they could be anything from like verticillium welt or stuff like that. However, from that aggressive pathogen category, I tend to pull out plant parasitic nematodes and prunus replant disease into their own, because those tend to be the main ones most growers are concerned about. So that's where there's a lot of information and things that I can help them with. So with plant parasitic nematodes, and I do want to pause and say there are many types of nematodes. These are ones that are detrimental to plants just because there are nematodes doesn't mean they're bad. It's all about context. But for plant parasitic ones, there's various kinds, right? And which ones those are and which ones you have um, is very much can inform what you can do about it. Um, and then prunus replant disease, which we might talk on further, is kind of related to it as it is also some sort of soil pathogenic complex that can impact the overall tree growth. And why we care about them and why we want to manage about them is because they impact the growth of your trees, which then can impact your yield. And that could just be not just killing them, but also just reducing their overall vigor. So those are the primary, the four categories, so physical and chemical factors, aggressive pathogens, plant parasitic nematodes, and prunus replant disease. But again, those are mine, not necessarily cooperative extensions. Definitely. Thanks for that clarification. And we're going to go into a little bit about tackling these issues after a word from our sponsors here. 
Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination. Innovation. Science in action. Hi, we're back talking with Cameron Zuber, UCCE Orchard Crops Farm Advisor in Madera and Merced Counties about identifying and mitigating replant challenges in almond orchards and preparing new orchards for issues they may face. So getting into those kind of categories of replant issues uh, here, Cameron, and how a grower decides whether or not to actually tackle these issues um, and really when. Uh, I understand some of these can be addressed before a replant would occur and then after um, trees have actually been replanted in the orchard. So how, how does a grower assess their own situation with some of these and, and decide the timing there? Well, the first important thing is identifying issues. So it's really important and it's easy for me to say and very hard to do, but take the time or make the time to make sure you're identifying any potential issues you might be facing. Because as you said, these some of them can only be done before, some of them can be done before or after. And what you can do is highly dependent. But to that point, just because it can be taken care of beforehand doesn't mean an individual grower can do it themselves. Um, fumigation, there's limitations, timelines, there's limitations. So understanding what these impacts are, and if the only option to you is to do it before, then you better make time for it, right? Because you can never go back in time. Um, but just because there is a solution to be done after, it's very important to kind of weigh how effective that can be for your uh, management. So as an example, um, and to move away from more biologicals is like maybe you have a shallow heart pan, right? So your soils are basically the cup of water that your trees are pulling from and how your soils are oriented and how deep your heart pan affects the size of that. Now, it's easier to have consistency across your orchard and there are things you can do before replanting. And this isn't necessarily a replant issue, but it's one they don't always address. Um, you can deep rip it, but that might not be possible due to cost or timelines. And you can manage for it afterwards for irrigation, but that's something you're constantly having to account for and manage for. And how well you can do that is highly dependent on what resources you have available to you and the time. So doing that and just taking the moment to think about that can really inform a grower to their specific situation on whether before, during, or after is the best choice. But at the end of the day, you need to know <laughs> it's even a problem to make that determination. Certainly. And, you know, you talk about really just the overall importance of, of diagnosing the issue before anything. Um, and I understand uh, with prunus replant disease that that can be a tricky one because it's it's something that is kind of I guess up to this point uh, not as well understood as other issues um, that occur within almond trees and it's a huge issue with replanting or orchards um, 
I'm just curious what we really know about the prevention and mitigation of that disease up to this point and, and kind of what you're telling growers these days. So what I'm telling growers about prunus replant disease is that we don't know as much as we would like to know. And science is progressive and we're working on it as best we can. And based on current information, what we know about it is a few things. Whether or not you should be worried about it, it's kind of more of an issue when you move from prunus to another prunus species. So almonds, prunes, peaches, right? If you're not within that prunus family, it's less of a concern. We also typically see it occur in lighter soils, so sandy, sandy loam or loam. Um, so if you're in heavier ones, it's, at least from what we've seen, less noticeable or, or less likely to occur. Again, based on current understanding. Um, the, the Why it's so tricky is because we suspect that it's a kind of a combination of various factors. So it's not like you can just pull some soil, identify the nematodes for parasitic nematodes, and then there you go. It's like we don't fully understand it. But if you need to deal with it, um, a good tell is like, does it look like a nematode problem? And when you pull samples, you don't have nematodes, then, and you're on lighter soils and you're a prunus species, then you might have prunus replant disease. If you do come to that conclusion, because there's nothing that's going to be very clear on giving you that answer. But if you come to that conclusion, we have shown to see that fumigation and anaerobic soil disinfestation, anaerobic soil disinfestation can mitigate the problem. So to go back to a prior question you had, for prunus replant disease, from what we understand, the only solution is before you plant. <laughs> so identifying is very helpful because from what we've seen, there's not a lot like with selecting rootstocks or other management uh, that you can do to control this uh, symptom or disease. And doesn't mean there won't be, but as of right now, from what I know, uh, there isn't. You were talking about nematodes in there for a second. Do you find that growers out there are misdiagnosing this disease with other more common ailments and almond trees, or is it pretty distinguishable, would you say? It is not distinguishable. It's distinguishable in that you're not finding that other pathogen or pest that you expect and your trees are still declining, right? Now it could be soil conditions. It could be something else, but if you've kind of ruled everything out and it looks like it's some sort of soil pest, right? Then, and again, dealing with prunus species, you might have a prunus replant disease issue. And again, you might've already been planning to fumigate. So that kind of helps take care of your problem, right? But, and, you know, it can be a common practice. And again, um, I think with prunus replant disease, if you let it rest for a year, it helps kind of like control what and mitigate the impacts in the new orchard. Well, Cameron, this is all really great information. I, I'm just curious if you have any other tips for growers that may be considering replanting their almond orchards, maybe anyone you've talked to recently that you've offered some words of wisdom to take the time when you don't have it flipping an orchard into another orchard is a lot of time it's a lot of money and it's a lot of stress and it's tough to think about problems you're not thinking about and it just takes a little time and think about what you can do 
in a short amount of time to just get you thinking about it. And that's why I tend to recommend satellite images because it's easy, it's fast, it's cheap, and it gives you kind of that spatial view and overview of the overall site. So I can't speak to every individual, but figure out what you can do to kind of like think about how much time you might have to dedicate towards potential problems and replant issues that you may not necessarily have thought about. Because it's while there are potential solutions after planting, um, sometimes it's best to deal with it when you're actually replanting that orchard. Definitely a great tip there. Cameron, thanks again for coming on the show today and talking about identifying and mitigating these challenges in almond orchards and, and you know, hopefully preparing some of these new orchards for issues they may face. We really do appreciate you being here today. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to speak to me and your listeners for taking the time to listen. And they're Fantastic. always happy to reach out to me for any questions they have. This is Taylor Charleston from My Ag Life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for updates, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.